turn in your Bibles, if you would, to First um, Timothy chapter two. First <clears throat> Timothy chapter two. Last week we started talking about the priesthood of the believer, as we have been looking at the the Baptist distinctives and. <clears throat> I'm just going to be honest, okay? This is, you, you know me. I, I just, I'm just honest all the time. Oh, First uh, Timothy, First Timothy, chapter two. <clears throat> this evening, Rick. Uh, Rick uh, no, my name's Rick. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Rick. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I came in this evening, and Chris, Chris said to me. Um, uh, he asked me. He's like, "Do you have a headache?" And I, and I, you know, and here this morning and tonight, I was, I was bragging that I haven't had a headache in over a month. And and uh, I said, "No, why?" And he's like, "He said, well, you look like you're, you're heavy. Something's pulling you down." And about what you said, something, something like that. And I said, "Well, I said part of the problem is that sermons like this tend tend to to be." Uh, a little boring and and heavy and very very you know and you know we live in a day and age where churches across our country what does the bible say uh, is one of the signs of the end times when it comes to to the preaching of god's word Okay, people having itching ears and, and pastors preaching what what makes them happy and 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 and, and so my my as as God as Chris and I were kind of talking, God was beating me over the head with, you know that you know there should never be, there should never be, uh, an issue with doctrine. Doctrine is 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 the the, the foundation of what we believe. And it's important. Now it may it, it may be at times a little heavy, if you would, but it is just as important as as the, the fun stuff to preach, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so here we go. Now, <laughs> I, I just I just picture Rosie yawning. <sighs> I said, I'm sitting down there going, I haven't even started preaching. She's already yawning. So anyway, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, last week, we, we started this uh, talking about the priesthood of the believer and the importance of it. And we went through the qualifications of a, of a, of a, uh, of a priest. And I'm gonna, I want to read through these very, very quickly. We're not going to spend any time on it, but I'm just going to read through it just in case you weren't here last week. Uh, <clears throat> the qualifications of a, of a priest in the Old Testament... And I'm, again, I'm not talking about uh, modern-day Catholic priests. This is Old Testament Jewish priests that we're talking about here. Uh, they they had to be male. Uh, they had to be a descendant from Aaron with uh, with documented lineage. They couldn't just say, "Hey, I'm I who you know." They had to be able to prove it. Uh, they had to be between the ages of 30 and 50. Um, uh, they had to be blameless, or excuse me, uh, unblemished. Uh, excuse me, they couldn't be crippled or anything like that. Um, uh, must have a proper marriage. They were not allowed to be married to a a, a harlot, a divorced woman. Um, 
they could only, uh, if, if their wife was a widow, it could only be a widow of another priest. Um, uh, the high priest uh, must marry, the, the high priest must marry a virgin of his own people. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, must have no uncleanness, leprosy, disease, anything, anything like that. Uh, again, we talked about all this stuff in length last week, so I'm, that's why I'm not spending any time here. Uh, must and and this was this is one to me doesn't make sense. I, I guess one day I'll figure it out. Uh, must have an untrimmed beard with a well-trimmed head. Yeah, I I don't get that one, but anyway. Um, must be properly dressed. So that that is <clears throat> that is the qualifications, and this is the duties of a priest. Again, I'll just I'll read through this quickly. Uh, they uh, to teach the people to serve as judges, to resolve controversy, uh, offer sacrifices, uh, assess impurities, uh, burn incense, bless the people, bless God, uh, med- uh, mediator between God and man. Uh, keep the uh, tabernacle or the temple, take care of the altar, the lamps, the showbread, and so on. Uh, <clears throat> okay, let, let's stop right here. Um, what was one of the things that happened with Eli? Anybody know, uh, having mentioned that one? Eli, Eli allowed the flame to go out. And that was a, that was a huge no-no. And, and he allowed that. So, so that was one of their duties. Uh, uh, prepare the holy things uh, for each day's uh, journey. Uh, continue the sacrificial fire and uh, to blow the trumpet. So those are the duties, or the, the qualifications and the duties of a priest. And, and <clears throat> We, uh, I, I introduced one, the first of four passages that talk about our responsibilities as priesthood believers or believer priest. Um, <clears throat> again, one of, the, one of the things that I found interesting, and we're going to talk about it at the very end, is all of the commentators that I read, I, and I did a lot of reading, a lot of studying for this, and <clears throat> everybody focuses on the qualifications and the duties that we have as believer priests. And there are many. And as we, as we start to allow this to soak in and, and to, 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 take, to take root in our lives, it should sober us to the fact that as believer priests, we carry a lot of responsibility. Uh, and, and that responsibility, it, it comes at a price and, it, and it, it's going to cost us something. So <clears throat> I, am, I am going to, as quickly as possible, because of it being snack night and, and so on and so forth, I'm going to as quickly as possible go through these passages and then I want to I want to wind it all up with an incredible thought. At least it's an incredible thought to me. So just bear with me, and let's we'll get through this as quickly as possible. Um, so the first of the four passages I spoke on on last week was in First Timothy chapter two, verses one through five, and it says, "I exhort, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I exhort therefore, 
that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for all kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and uh, peaceable life uh, in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our, uh, in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, again, thank you uh, for your love, for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we look at this incredibly important and, and precious concept of believer priest, I ask that you would speak to our hearts and that, and that you would not only show us our responsibilities and duties uh, as believer priests, but also uh, the joy that can come along with it. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, last week, again, I'm, I'm in a little bit of review mode here. Uh, we talked about the supplications in this, in this verse. The, it is to have an audience with a king and, 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 and then to pray and uh, the intercessions and giving of thanks <clears throat> be made for all men. Now, <clears throat> what does it mean when we are to pray for all men? For all men. For kings and for let, well, let me let me go back because I don't want to misquote it here. Um, uh, verse two, for kings and for all that are in authority, uh, that may we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. <clears throat> all men. Two weeks ago, when. <clears throat> We had the Capital Connection in Carson City. I think I shared this with you, but in case you weren't here, I, I, don't, I don't remember if I did or not. We had the opportunity to meet with several high-ranking government officials in the state of Nevada. And we had the opportunity, one of the people that we were supposed to meet with, but he was, not, he was uh, because of the, the wind, a couple weeks ago, his his flight was delayed. We were supposed to meet with the governor. And <clears throat> it was an amazing thing. I'd never, you know, we've done this now uh, for uh, twice when the assembly's been in, in session. And <clears throat> we sat in this room with this big table and we sat around this table and his his top two people, I don't know what you call them, assistants or whatever, were there, and one of them said, and, and, and I hope I never forget this, he said, we need to hear what your agenda is. He said, he said everybody that comes here, comes here with an agenda. And I, I, I was sitting there, and, and, and I was just, I, I, was, I was absolutely stunned. I shouldn't have been, but I was. And the, the, the guy who organized this whole thing for us, uh, he spoke up and said, we have no agenda. And the, 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 guy, the guy says, everybody has an agenda. And he said, he looked at him, he's like, we do not have an agenda. 
We are here to pray for you and for the governor. We were doing our best to fulfill our obligation as believer priest. We have an obligation to pray for our government officials, whether we like them or not, whether we voted for them or not. In fact, the reality is, if whoever's in office is against what you believe, you should pray for them more. (laughs) Okay? Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you lifted up President Trump in prayer? When's the last time you prayed for Governor Sisolak? You see what I'm saying? When's the last time you prayed for a mayor? I always have a hard time saying his name. Edgington. I always, for some reason, anyway, Edgington. Huh? Mayor Roy. Okay, I can remember that one. Okay, I didn't know that. But but when's the last time you prayed for your town council? There you go, yes. But see, the, 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 the problem is our people, when I say our people, Christians across our country has swallowed Satan's lie that there is a separation of church and state. That is, I'm here to tell you, that is straight out of the pit of hell. Amen. There is no separation of church and state. In fact, if you really truly know American history, the church is so closely tied to the Constitution of the United States, you can't separate the two. We have an obligation, and Christians have failed across our country to pray for our elected officials. And you wonder, you wonder why Washington is in such a mess. It's not Washington's fault. It's our fault. The second verse I want to talk about is in second or excuse me, first Peter chapter two, verse nine. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye may show forth uh, <clears throat> the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The first phrase I want to I want to talk about here is this idea of being a chosen generation. A chosen generation. In the Old Testament, God chose Israel, the nation of Israel, to propagate the gospel. Israel was the tool to, to share with mankind the gospel of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. What happened? They didn't do it, did they? Jesus came. And now that responsibility falls to who? To us. We are the chosen generation. We are the tool that God has chosen to accomplish His will on earth. And that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a chosen generation. 
<clears throat> the word generation mean, means simply that, generation or, 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 or people group. We are now the torchbearers, if you would. We are the chosen generation. And with that, with that declaration comes a huge responsibility to share the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let, let me ask you a question. Who does God want the gospel to go to? Every person. We live in a day and time where there is a lot of philosophy out there and a lot of man-made philosophy. And it is very clear, very clear that God's declaration for all men to be saved is exactly that. And it is our responsibility as the chosen generation to share the good news. The next one is a royal priesthood. Not only are we believer priests, but we are royal priests. I think we talked about this last week, did we not? <clears throat> the fact that uh, <clears throat> we are, I'm a child of the king. Thus makes me royalty. I don't know about you, but I, I think that's pretty cool. That not only, not only do I represent the king of kings, but I represent him as a son. A royal priest. A holy nation is the next phrase. God is calling us to be holy. Again, we talked about this morning uh, being righteous. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, but as he uh, which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And I cannot tell you how many times people have said to me, That's impossible. That's impossible. I can't, I cannot be holy. Well, part of the problem with that with that with that thinking is you don't understand what the word holy is. It literally means without sin. Now, can we can we live from from here from here on out? Can we be holy every day of our lives, every minute of every day? We can strive for it, but we're going to fall short. That's why God put 1 John 1, 9 in the Bible. <laughs> Praise God for that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A peculiar people. And this, this does not mean strange, okay? <clears throat> now, some of us are strange, right, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not what it means, okay? Uh, <laughs> what it means, literally, it literally means that when we are peculiar people, it means that we belong to Him. 
There's some, there should be something different about us. There should be something in our lives that should be different. Melanie uh, uh, shared earlier that she listened to a, uh, a, a thing from 2004 from a lady did a little devotion thing that she listened to. And she, I got home from the prison and she said, she says, here, you need to listen to this. So it was about four minutes long. And uh, so I listened to it, and, and this, this, this lady, uh, uh, a very godly lady, uh, has gone home to be with the Lord. But um, she used to do a radio program where she did these little five-minute things. Uh, was it every day? She had a little five-minute thing. Anyway, she tells the story. She was traveling, and she was, she was in the airport waiting for her flight, and there were two two men sitting close to her and she could tell just by the way they were dressed and the way they were talking that they were more than likely they were pastors. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. You just, we kind of stick out. I don't know what it is. We got a thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and so, you know, they're over here talking and, and ogling women as they go by. And, and she's the, the longer they talk, the, the angrier she's getting. And sure enough, she gets on the plane and she's, her seat assignment is next to one of them. I know, I know. Well, she sits down and he promptly, you know, they, they take off and, you know, they're flying. And he promptly orders a beer. And so she, she kind of leans over and she says... <clears throat> Um, are, are you coming from a, 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 a conference of some sort? And, and he says, uh, well, uh, yes, ma'am, I am. And, and she says, and, and I may be getting the story a little wrong, but that's okay. You're going to get the gist of it. Um, and then finally she says, oh, were you attending this, this conference? And she he said, yes, ma'am. And she says, was it a religious conference? Uh, 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 yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and she said, about that time, he started trying to tuck his beer in, into his seat, you know. And and then finally, she just point blank asked him, so are you a pastor? That had to have been fun, by the way. But my point is this, you, we are to be peculiar. There is supposed to be something different about us. Not different in the sense that people look at you and think, whoa, what a weirdo. But something that says, I want what they have. Somebody this morning who is not saved has been coming to church for quite some time. And she, as she walked through the door this morning, she says, hope. Never give up hope. And I thought, my hope's in Christ. My hope is in Christ. <clears throat> Number three, we see, uh, <clears throat> and I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give it to you, because I, I really want to get to the last part of it. Hebrews chapter four, verses four to sixteen. We'll go ahead and read it. It says, "Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold." fast our profession for we have not a high priest that it that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin 
Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Oftentimes we misunderstand the humanity of Jesus Christ. He was 100% human, just like we are human. He was 100% God too. But the same things that you are tempted with are the same things that he was tempted with. And you say, well, wait a minute, that, that, that cannot be. That was 2,000 years ago. They didn't have computer games. They didn't have the internet. They didn't, they didn't have uh, uh, the things that we deal with. Well, maybe not specifically, but I can guarantee you there, there are three categories of sin. There are three categories of sin, and he dealt with all three of them. You remember when, when he came out of the wilderness from, from fasting and being alone with God for 40 days? What did Satan tempt? Satan tempted him with what? Three things. And we're going to read it here in 1 John <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. What was the first thing Satan offered Jesus? Food. Food. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. What was the second thing he offered? Okay. He said, you can, you can have all the kingdoms of the world. Lust of the, lust, of the, <clears throat> lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and what? The pride of life. Throw, throw yourself over. Oh, your angels will save you. Well, Jesus could have saved himself. See, Satan understood there are every sin that you deal with, every sin falls into one of those three categories. Jesus was tempted just like you and I, without, yet without sin. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, we're not going to read this because it's a lengthy, a lengthy uh, passage, <clears throat> but Hebrews chapter 10 <clears throat> Uh, verses 16 to 25. Well, let, let's just go ahead and read it. We'll, we'll read it and then I'll, I'll move on to the last point. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts and in their, and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission uh, of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath uh, consecrated <clears throat> for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in fullness of assurance of faith, having uh, our hearts uh, sprinkled uh, from an evil conscience <clears throat> and our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he 
uh, is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhort, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. <clears throat> we have an incredible ability as believer priests to go directly to the throne of God. We have the ability. Now, now <clears throat> picture it. On, on, on this Tuesday, most of you know, I talked about it this morning. We talked about it last week. On Tuesday, I'm going to be going to the White House. Now, <clears throat> do you think that I'm just going to walk in and just go right up to Donald's office and fling the door and we'll say, hey, hey, Donnie, baby, how you doing? What what do you think would happen to me? <laughs> it, it, if, if I lived through it, <laughs> you would never see me again. Okay, why? Be- because you do not encroach on the office of the President of the United States without what? An invitation. Or what else? There's another way. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Just yeah. Just shoot him a tweet. Hey, baby. I'm gonna be there Tuesday. No. Okay. Okay. There. There is another way you can get into the president's office. Now, I I've been invited to the White House to meet with the religious affairs uh, liaison to the president. Now, it, it is possible, not very likely, but it is possible that when we get there on Tuesday, that this liaison person says, oh, by the way, <clears throat> have you ever met the president? And what do you think I'm going to say? No. Uh, no. <laughs> well, how about I, I take you in? What, it, what is that person? He's a mediator. See, there's two ways to get to the president, by invitation or mediator. Do you realize, wrap your, your heads around this. You have an open door as a believer priest to go to the throne of God at any moment you need. That is incredible. Now, I mentioned earlier that in all my studies, I found lists and lists and lists of qualifications and responsibilities for priests in the Old Testament. Not one time, not one commentator, not one book did I read ever mention the benefits of being a priest. And I started thinking about it. I thought, you know, if you were to, <clears throat> if you were to go get a new job, I know, I know, because some of you have told me that currently you hate your jobs. <clears throat> and I'm not going to point out who who it is uh, because that that's not important. 
<clears throat> but what has one of the what is one of the things that you do when you're looking for a new job? Okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, you you want to know what the benefit package is, right? Okay. How how much am I going to pay? What's the insurance? What's the retirement? What's this? What's that? It's that retirement. What are the benefits of working for you versus company X over here? And I'm here to tell you there are some huge benefits to being a priest that we oftentimes don't even think about. I started thinking about it, and I don't know. I've never talked to a priest, but I, I would imagine that there are some similarities to being a priest and a pastor. And I sat down and started thinking about it, and these are a couple that I, that I can't, came up with. I get paid. Now get, now, now get this. I get paid to study this book. I mean, y'all pay me to do something I love to do. Think about that. Isn't that cool? You want to trade jobs, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> the church doesn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I get to talk with God. I have full access to God. Uh, I get to encourage people to walk with God. Last Friday, I got to see firsthand, and I get, and, and I get to see it here all the time too. But Friday was just it was just very in your face, at least to me. But I I see. The, the changed lives that take place with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, you don't get to see what I get to see. There is nothing in this world more precious than leading somebody to, to Jesus Christ. Now, I said all that, and I want you to understand you have the same access to God as I do. And you have more access to God than the priests did in their days. Because you have the access only that the high priest had. And that was only one individual. So the average priest that served God in the Old Testament, you have more access to God than they did. Think about that. And the reality is, we take it for granted. The benefits are numerous. I love one of my favorite quotes, and one day I'm going to have it put in a put in a in a picture frame and put it in my office. <clears throat> the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You will stand before Jesus Christ at the same level and capacity as I will, or that any other person will. Think about that. Does that carry with it responsibilities? 
Absolutely it does. But to me, there are far, far greater benefits than the responsibilities. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to